Well, bow your heads with me just a moment and let's talk to this Lord. He's alive. Thank you, Lord. Alive and present to us. Lord, as you walk around amongst us and come to us, one by one, by the power of your own Spirit, your everywhere present Holy Spirit, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills, bend them to your own. And take our hearts, Lord Jesus, and set them on fire with love for yourself. We pray this for your name's sake. Amen. Well, slow down, you move too fast. You've got to make the morning last. Just kicking down those cobblestones. Do-do-do-do. Feeling groovy. Hello, lamppost, what you knowing? I come to watch your flowers growing. Ain't you got no rhymes for me? Do-do-do-do. Feeling groovy. I watched a, by screen, over 100,000 gathered in Central Park, New York, to listen to two guys with two guitars, two voices, Simon and Garfunkel. As they sang that, it was the 59th Street, the title of that song was the 59th Street Bridge Song. That's a New York scene. Song by song, but when they came to that song, it's almost like everybody wanted to stand up and sing together. Almost like one of those national anthem songs of a city like New York. But in the spirit of the song, it's to slow down. And that's what we're speaking about this morning, to slow down. I've been singing to that that song all week. I actually went to one of the guys in the band over in Wilson Hall, and I said, sing with me just a minute. We stood there and we said, slow down, you move too far. He started singing the harmony. If it had sounded just a little bit better, I'd say, let's go ahead and sing that when we begin the sermon. Slow down. We've been talking about prayer. And we've already established that prayer is a reality that goes along with a relationship to the Lord. It is not our saying words, though words are used to communicate. It is not about our going through special ceremonies, special moments, things that we have learned like the Lord's Prayer and other prayers. It's about a relationship. That we have a Father who calls us His children and we can come to Him like a dad and talk to Him. 
And whatever words we're used to using, we can say them. We don't have to go into Elizabethan English to talk to God. God is God from eternity to eternity. In all the languages of the world, there are people who call out to him and speak with him. So it's a relationship. And as we're talking about that, like any other relationship, you've got to give time to it. For instance, there's a marriage weekend coming up at the Marriott out here in Cranberry. My wife and I are taking off that weekend to go to that marriage conference, which is about, in effect, giving time, yes, to be with others in the presence of the Lord to consider our marriage, but which will afford us time to consider each other and spend time together. Focused. It was fairly early on in our marriage, after we had children, that I realized that between the busyness of my wife with the kids, my busy pastorate in a church that was growing and multiplying, my wife and I needed time together, separate from the kids, separate from the church life, just for each other. And we learned every year to take a week, at least a week, away even from the children for each other. What am I doing there? I'm cultivating, we were cultivating, our relationship. Our children since have thanked us for loving each other. And one of the means by which we were able, along with other circumstances, to cultivate our relationship was important to the love we expressed, which our children saw and were grateful for. Relationships take time. And as busy as you and I are, we've hardly got time for ourselves, let alone someone else. So here's the deal. The scripture that was read for us from Psalm 46 Verse 10 has this very famous verse. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, that is stop. Be quiet. Withdraw. Just be still. Cut out all the conversation, what you're listening to, people in your life. Be still in my presence and know who it is that you are with. Time out. To have time in with the Lord. That's the single theme of this message. So you've got wonderful expressions of this along the way. Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 19. You may want to make that reference or go check this out. But it's a famous scene. He's the famous old prophet who actually turned up on a mountaintop with Jesus centuries after he, Elijah, had been here on earth. He was one of the two chaps, along with Moses being the other one, who met Jesus right before he went and gave his life on the cross. 
And Elijah is alone on a mountaintop and God presents himself and there is this amazing hurricane force storm that blows the rocks around even, but it says God was not in the storm. And then there's an earthquake and God is not in the earthquake. And then there's this fire, raging fire, and God was not in the fire and God was in. Some of you can say this with me. The still, small voice. Not in all the dramatic, powerful stuff, but in a quiet moment of a word from God to Elijah. There's actually a scene in the book of Revelation, right at the end of the Bible, where there is silence in heaven. We all know about the hallelujah choruses and praise of God. Silence. It's a beautiful song about when I see Jesus, will I fall down and worship him? Will I be dumbfounded? Will I be silent? Will, it, will I just have to shut up? It doesn't use that coarse language. But that's what it's asking. Will I just be shocked into silence? We need that kind of time alone with the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. Jesus went away from the crowds time and again. I was amazed this week in looking at it how many times he was either on a mountaintop or out in a desert place or a lonely place One statement said it was his custom, as was his custom, to be away from the crowd, even away from his immediate disciples and followers, and to be alone. There's one scene where after he's fed the 5,000, everybody's clamoring after him. He puts his disciples on a boat to go across the lake, and he retires to a mountain. And it was Charles Spurgeon who said this, very famous preacher from the 1800s in London. He said this, of all men born of women or woman who did not need to pray, it was Jesus. When you realize that he was God in the flesh incarnate, that he never sinned, that he always had that intimate relationship with his father, even as a 12-year-old, you remember, he had to be about his father's business as he was chatting with all the elderly scholars in the temple in Jerusalem. He knew who he was. He knew what his mission was. But he always sought to be alone with his father because it was a relationship. And he loved to spend time with his dad. How about you and me? We need that time. And it's almost impossible to find that time with the resources we have to get things done, keep lists, have reminders beep at us from our cell phones, immediate information at our fingertips in iPhones, buds in our ear when we're walking or driving. We're cluttered. Life is a clutter. Shopping things to get, forms to fill out, 
I went to see my doctor a couple of weeks ago. I get a form to fill out about what the responses were. It's never ending. You can fill up your day with things to do. And the great need, if we're going to be authentic as followers of Jesus, is to spend time with him. Alone. Talking to him. I'll give some pointers along the way to that. But when the Bible says, be still and know that I am God, it's only just a few psalms earlier that you've got that same longing expressed. Listen to these words, Psalm 42, verse 1. As the deer pants for the streams of water, and that was in a dry and barren land, in a wilderness where you've got lots of dry dirt and rocks and stone, not flowing rivers everywhere, and the deer are out there as wild creatures, and they can be seen dragging along their ears down, looking for something to drink. As the deer pants for the water brook, says this scripture, so my soul longs for the living God. Have you got a heart thirst? Are you thirsty for God? Are you dry and parched spiritually? Ask God to lead you, inspire you. The very first psalm says this, speaking about the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And therefore, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. That's the man who's blessed. He's blessed because he takes time to be with the Lord in his word and meditate on his word. And I like you. And my job is you. I've been called, along with the other pastors here, to shepherd you. What business are we in? We're in the people business, us pastors. How's business? They're people. With broken hearts, broken families, things to rejoice, people who want to learn how to serve the Lord, and even to pray. I want to ask a young man to come on up here in just a moment, but before he does, I want you to see on the screen, so they're all now getting ready to plug this in and give it to you, a journey he took this past summer to Zambia in East Africa, and he spent several weeks there on a mission. This gives you something of the highlights of that mission. And then I'm going to call him up here. His name is Gabriel Rossetti, 17 years old, senior at Moon Area High School. To come on up here and we'll have a conversation about what you've just seen and his preparation for it. But check this out first. Come on up. Yes, you say thank you for that vision. So give a warm welcome, please, to Gabriel Rossetti, right here. So, Gabriel, there are a couple of things we're going to talk about here. Uh, 
Moon Area High School. Are you a senior? Yes. About to graduate. Do you know where you're going to college? I have a few ideas. A few ideas. Expensive ideas? You know. Yeah, I know. A couple. Anyway, his, uh, his time away... Let me ask you, how did you get recruited to go to Zambia? How did that happen? Well, a man by the name of Fernando, uh, he's the missions director of an organization called Mission SOS, and he invited me to go with him uh, during the grand opening of one of my family's donut shops. He was telling me about the trip, and I thought, I have to You know love, what is it, peace, love, and little donuts? That's his dad. Okay, so you met him at the opening of a donut shop. Mm -hmm. Watch out. Carry on. And what happened? Uh, he asked me to go with him. He was pitching the trip to me from the year before. I thought that's the most inspiring and incredible thing I've ever heard. I have to go to this. So you take off. Did anybody else go from around Pittsburgh with you, or did you meet the, other, the rest of the team from wherever? There was a group from about 30 that went from Pittsburgh, but I didn't know any of them. Okay, so you're pretty much on your own until you met them, and then things happened from there. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I'm really interested in, because you saw the power of this, and you saw him on the screen, and he prayed for a couple of lads. Tell us about those lads. Well, I actually went to the Jamaica missions trip to the church sponsors. When was that? um, I did it for three years in a row, the past three years. Okay. And while I was there, it's for a school for the deaf, and I love the ministry to the deaf, and I was so um, disappointed I didn't get to do that this year. But it's funny how God works because while I was in Africa at the healing service one of the nights, two boys came forward to me and their brother told me that they were both deaf and that they needed prayer. And I was so excited for what God was about to do. I laid hands on uh, the older brother's ears first. I laid my hands on him and I started to pray. And before I knew it, a puff of air hit both hands. And I looked down, so just astounded at what had happened. And he looked up at me, astounded too. And he started to cry, and I took my hands away. And I could just see the look on his face for hearing the first time. And he began to cry, and I began to cry. Amen. (laughs) His brother, his younger brother, I moved over to next, and he only had one of his ears that was deaf. But as I began to pray for him, the same exact thing happened. The air hit my hand, and he looked up, and he started crying. And we all three were just, just praising the Lord for what had just taken place. Isn't that spectacular? Now, there was a prepar- preparatory period of how many months was that, that you were in preparation to go? It was about four months. Four months... Regular high school kid, young man, Gabriel, and here he is, contemplating spending that time in Africa, and tell us about the preparation, because this is where the rubber meets the road for us here this morning. Tell us about that, Gabriel. In preparation, we were told and we were counseled to pray every day. We were told to pray for about an hour a day. And uh, I would do that in the morning before I went to school and sometimes after, after school and at night before I would go to sleep. We would also read. Um, we were set on a devotion every single day. Uh, we were mostly reading the book of Acts and a few other um, chapters of the Bible. We were also counseled to fast. And by fast, I mean we wouldn't eat 
for about 24 hours and we would only drink. It was your choice of what you wanted to drink, but I chose just water. And sometimes we would do it for up to three days at a time. So you were praying and fasting. And that was a three-month preparation, did you say? Four. four months? Four months. Tell us about that. When you were praying, how, what were you doing for prayer? For prayer, I was basically making the scriptures that I was reading my prayers. I wanted to see the miracles that I was reading about in the book of Acts. I wanted to live in the pages of the Bible and, and to every step we take when we're there to walk in the authority of Jesus and to claim every single step for the kingdom of God. To take God's word and pray it into your own life. Pray it through your own life into your lifestyle, how you act. So when you're reading scripture, you can immediately begin praying. If it's be still and know that I am God, and it's God who's telling you that, be still and know that I am God. It's God's voice. It's him, God himself, who is speaking to you. You can say, Lord, you want me to be still. I need your help. Even my mind's cluttered now. Help me to be quiet. Help me to realize I'm in your presence. That you can take priority. That you fill my vision. You take that simple thought and turn it into a simple command from God to be still. Turn it back into prayer. So whether it's the Lord's Prayer or any passage of scripture you're reading bearing in mind that the Lord's prayer is scripture you turn it into prayer now there was a give us a description of uh, a life in the day of your mission in Zambia well in the morning when we would wake up we'd wake up around 6.30 in the morning and we would have morning devotions with our small groups and we would praise and worship together and we would read and we would pray after that, we would have breakfast, and then after breakfast, the entire team, which was about 130 people, we'd get on buses. There were about six buses. We'd go off into the city to any place we could find that was really popular. What was the name of the city? Lusaka. 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 Okay. We'd go off into the city, and we'd find the most populated place we can, and basically we would get out of the bus, and we'd flash mob, flash mob the place. And we'd jump out of the bus, we'd set up these big speakers, we'd start blasting music, and we'd be jumping around, dancing. We had a choreographed dance that I had to learn. Guys <laughs> dance in Africa. <laughs> they got some fantastic dancing. They do. And we would draw in a crowd. After the dance, we had a, we'd have a drama. We would do basic Jesus skit, where they would put Jesus on the cross, and he would break the cross, and then heal the leper, and he would heal the blind, and then he would cast out the demon. After that, somebody would come out and give a five-minute um, sermon, and a, an altar call followed that. And how many of those did you do each morning? We would do about two to three each morning, and it's, it's very strenuous, to be honest. You, you'd be surprised what kind of toll that takes, and to follow that, we would have a two-hour mandatory nap when we got back. Two-hour mandatory nap. <laughs> Keep going, and then what well, happened? Uh, after we would do the street outreaches, we would be inviting everyone to the festival later that night. And after our nap time, we would go to the festival grounds, and you show up, and there's just thousands of people there already. And we would um, 
go off into the crowd and be dancing with people and praising next to them. And uh, each crowd, each, what was that? How many nights were you out doing that? We were there about seven nights doing that. And how many people turned up a night, would uh, you think? About 40,000. A night? Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big crowd out there, 40. What was that last, you were about to say something? 20,000 were saved in total. Across that period, made mm-hmm. commitments to Christ, plus all the miracles of healing. Yes. So what time do you go to bed at night then? When Late. You... Once we're done talking to each person that you know, we're friends with and talking about the miracles that took place and the things that we saw, it was pretty late. Okay. Now, the reason I asked, when I heard about what had happened for Gabriel, and he came in and spent some time in my office and we chatted about it, what do you think went through my mind when I heard Gabriel? Let him tell you so that you can be inspired. If this 17-year-old high school young man can make time to get into prayer and fasting with the word of the Lord, thereby spending time in his presence, can you imagine the kind of authentic Christianity we would all represent if we could get into that together? Let me pray with you and give thanks for Gabe and this time that he spent. Lord, thank you for Gabriel. Thank you for those who went with him. Thank you for Fernando's leadership. Thank you for the way you prepared Gabriel and used Gabriel. And thank you for using him here this morning and speaking through him. That was our prayer, Lord, that you would speak through him. And as you've spoken to us, Lord, help us to hear what you've, you've said to us and put it into action. Help us to hear your words speak clearly to us. Be still and know that I am God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We'll say thank you to the Lord and to Gabriel. Thank you. Thank you, God. Let me spend a couple of more minutes, I see I've got at least a minute with you right now, to give you some encouraging thoughts. Number one, go get the book, Too Busy Not to Pray. If you haven't gotten it, it is spectacular. Published by InterVarsity Press, that is a substantial Christian publishing house. And uh, the author of it, pastor of a tremendous church out in Illinois, Thousands of people worshipping Sunday by Sunday and or other churches that have been planted as a result of that ministry at a church called Willow Creek. Get that book. Number two, if you don't have one, get a life-focused New Testament. It's in our bookstore. Life-focused New Testament, which is the New Testament subdivided by the days of the year so that each day you've got a reading with a reflection and you can take that and turn it, in, turn it into prayer. Sometimes the prayer's actually written out for you in reflection. But it's a tool by which you can have a systematic reading of at least the New Testament 
And in that moment, you know, getting away, being on your own with your cup of coffee or tea, and pray through the scriptures that you're reading. Turn it into a response. So what that encourages you to do is to find the time, whether morning or evening or in the midday, when it's just you and the Lord and his word. Third thing is this. See the movie War Room. It's a fantastic movie. Find out where it's happening. Let me just give you a heads up. It is not some subtle sneaking up on you with a Christian message. It is in your, it's like turning up in church. When you turned up here, we weren't sort of sneaking up on you. We start rejoicing in the Lord, praising his name. And it's not exactly a church service, but it's like a living sermon about relationships and how this woman cultivates prayer in what she calls her war room, which is a room in which she prays. That's where she does battle. But the story behind it is inspiring. My wife and I went with some friends from the church to see it, and it was, I actually had a dream as a result. And this was the dream. I dreamt that God was speaking to me and saying, my anointing is on you and my presence is in you. My anointing is on you and my presence is in you. Isn't it great to dream dreams like that? I mean at night in bed. Go see that movie. I know it's going to show up again in Cranberry at some time in the next week or two for free. And we've got people who want to give you information. We'll get the information out to you. There are people calling it out already. Thank you very much. We'll get it to you. So, get the book, Too Busy Not to Pray. Get the New Testament, organized for you to study each day and pray each day. Get that quiet time and get and see that movie. If it's still on, say, at the market, near the market, at the ridge, at uh, Robinson. It may still be on tonight. Go see it. It is spectacular. Now, just a couple of other things, ever so quickly. First of all, do you know we've kind of had our Sabbath stolen from us with the way the culture's developed? There used to be a day set aside to do this kind of thing, to be quiet to reflect. It wasn't what you didn't do, it's what you did do. But let me encourage you to get to church early, even up to a half an hour, and be in prayer. This would be a quiet place, not to be chit-chatting around the pews. Come in and be still, be quiet. Stay after church. You know, you had the advertisement for Rachel's Vineyard. I remember the first time I ever preached to the abortion issue. There was a woman in the congregation. She actually was sitting quite close to the front, young woman who'd had an abortion. She sort of buried it, never really dealt with it. And as I preached to it, the Lord so spoke to her. She sat in the pew for the next 15, 20 minutes, just quiet, dealing with what she'd heard. Transformed her life. You don't have to run out and get into a buzz with people. 
take time. Stay behind. Let what God has said to you speak to you again. The book that I'm advertising, Too Busy Not to Pray, has a great idea. It's to get just a notebook and each day write about yesterday. Just one page. Stick to one page. It's called journaling, but it's not journaling like you're reflecting with what's going on in your life, what this and that is to you, but just reviewing what yesterday was. And as I've done that in my mind, I thought, wow, if I stop today, instead of rushing into the day immediately today, just reflect on yesterday and what God did yesterday. Our staff badly needs to do this. We are so beyond whatever happens and on to the next thing because we've got so many exciting next things to go to. But to stop and sort of salivate, meditate on, pray about what happened yesterday. And then one last thing which would be very, very helpful. Walking and talking with the Lord. Some of you may go walking with friends and you chit-chat. Maybe it even degrades to, to gossip. How about walking by yourself and talking to the Lord? Get the buds out of your ear. You know, you often see people walking and they are either listening to a lecture or music or whatever. Talk to the Lord. Have a walking, talking, quiet time with him. You know the song, he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. Well, let's bow our heads and pray together and then we'll stand and sing together about this. Lord, we do thank you for Gabriel, the encouragement, the inspiration he was because of what you have done in his life and through him. And our prayer is, Lord, that what you have done with him, for him, you would do with us. So help us make those very important and necessary decisions to spend time alone with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.